lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, it's been a week. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I say that in, in jest, but it's, it's been a very exciting week, rather. Obviously, Sunday, we held Cascadia, uh, myself, Without a Cause, and Pride Style up in Everett, and it was an amazing day, uh, an amazing show. Uh, I think that it was superbly executed. Um, I couldn't have asked for uh, a better um, outcome, I think, for that show. It was just all around really great. The feedback has been so very, very positive, and... Um, I'll have a little bit more to say about that here before we get to our interview today, but I bring up Cascadia because it ties into our interview today, because sitting down with me uh, for the first time in about two years or so, we have Kida, the ruler of realms, uh, one half of the main event of Cascadia. Obviously, Kida and Ashton Starr um, just killed it, closing out what was a uh, all-around really awesome card that we had up in Everett on Sunday. Um, and Kita and Ashton, you know, that match had uh, about six years of, uh, uh, background to it for them, and, uh, just, uh, they showed out, uh, alongside so many other people on that show, and it's just great to have the chance to sit down with Kita again and talk to him about, you know, where he was two years ago when we spoke, and to where he is now, um, and just the, the the evolution of Kida uh, over that time span, turning himself into uh, a mainstay throughout the Pacific Northwest and, and the West Coast, frankly, um, and even beyond, too. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really cool conversation uh, to get into with Kida and, uh, you know, reconnect a bit and, and talk a little bit more about this journey for him. Um, and, you know, Part of the reason why we reconnected a bit was because of Cascadia, you know, uh, having the chance to, to meet him in person for the first time and just kind of like chat a little bit um, while getting prepped for, for the show and everything, you know, there's a, a lot of excitement there. And, uh, you know, Keita is someone who I've been wanting to have back on the show because of the all of the changes and and, and pro- progress that, that he has made over the, the time span since we last spoke. So... Definitely looking forward to, to sharing that conversation with y'all. But before we get there, um, just a little bit more on Cascadia itself, because you know I wrote an entire piece on Outsports about why I wanted to do Cascadia, um, and I feel like a lot of the feelings that were expressed there are the same things that I'm feeling after hosting the show, or not not hosting the show, but putting together the show, co-producing and co-promoting the show, and, and wading through this completely new world for me, um, in terms of pro wrestling, you know, and, I don't know, like, I can safely say that, that, that day, you know, being there and doing what I could to help out on on scene on, at at the venue and and on the day of uh, the show and just being there and and being able to 
interact with a lot of the people that we've had on on this show or that I've covered through my work with Outsports or you know different things. There are people that I've interviewed through this computer in my home office that I never fucking leave uh, and finally be able to get to meet them in person and talk about you know things other than wrestling and just like sharing a space and and, um, and sharing like a collective life experience in, in a way or just simply reconnecting and, and having a chance to just be you know like I don't know it it, it had a completely different energy to me um, and one that I, one, really enjoyed, and two, really, really needed. You know, I I don't shy away from talking on this show about my own mental health struggles and um, my bouts, seamlessly never in, or seemingly never ending bouts uh, with imposter syndrome and, um, you know, struggling to, to understand where my place is in a larger media landscape that, you know, in the same way that pro wrestling has historically not really been welcoming to LGBTQ identities up until very, very recently, at least not on a wide, a widespread basis. Um, then the same can be said for the wrestling media landscape as well, not to mention the other um, areas uh, that and uh, beats that I that I cover, whether it be for outsports or other jobs that I have, um, in, in journalism, but a lot of that stuff can, can weigh on you, and it can weigh you down, and, and, um, really make you feel overwhelmed to the point that you don't get a lot of stuff done, and that's kind of where I've been at for months at this point, and, um, you know, I think, you know, my wedding and my honeymoon definitely gave me um, a whole lot of positivity and a whole lot of pride and confidence. Um, and in my personal life, I think, you know, it, 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 it imbued me with a different sense of self in a way. And, and especially like having all the people around as well, you know, that definitely helped. But professionally, I think... Um, in the same way that my wedding impacted me personally, uh, Cascadia was that for me professionally in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, I think that that really was the takeaway for me outside of, you know, just the interactions with people and seeing fans embrace and engage with the, with the show itself like I really feel like it it said something to me that uh, you're you're still capable of doing what you can do and uh, and producing things that will um, pull people in and will you know be a positive influence on on them so I don't know that's that I don't know I guess I just needed to kind of talk through some of those feelings a little bit um, because that show was was something special to a whole lot of people in a whole lot of different ways and that's the kind of uh, work that I want to do whether it be writing or podcasting or um, 
whatever, playing D&D or like playing with my cats or just, I don't know, fucking playing Rocket League or something, you know, like I, I want to have that sort of takeaway from the things that I do and to, be, be, and to provide that for other people as well. Um, that all being said, I know that on the Grit and Glitter podcast, <laughs> there was some talk about, you know, wondering if the bug got me and if we're going to do more. And I think neither myself nor Max or Millhouse um, have really shied away from hinting that, that there's more. But let me just once again, um, just about five days removed from Cascadia in Everett, Washington, um, Maybe we should call that one Cascadia One. I I can't really share more right now, but do with that what you will. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, with that out of the way, uh, let's jump into my conversation with Kita. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I'm very pleased to have as my guest this week a returning guest, um, someone who, oddly enough, as I was looking back through things as, as we were trying to set up this interview, uh, almost two years to the day since the last time that we had him on the show, and my God, has he accomplished a lot in the, <laughs> the two years since we last spoke here. Um you know him from New Japan Strong. You know him from uh, Without a Cause, where he holds the championship there. Former Stallions champion there. Uh, also, Relentless Wrestling Champion up in Spokane. Prince X of Pride Champion now. Kita <laughs> Three Belts. Kita, welcome back <laughs> to hello, the show. Hello. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be back. No, oh, it's a pleasure <laughs> to have you back. It's wild. Like, you know, like obviously that we we've chit chatted here and there over the span of, of this time, like a little bit, you know. But it's just been amazing to see after that conversation that we had back in September 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, as everybody was still trying to find footing, and you were kind of at a crossroads in terms of like mm-hmm. how you wanted to present yourself in the ring and moving away from all that, Keita Murray, and into the ruler of realms that we see now, just like being a dominant force in multiple promotions on the West coast. <laughs> like it's a complete night and day transformation in a way that we've seen yeah. over the past couple of years. You, you say it, <laughs> yeah, the, you know, it, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't feel that way, you know, but it has been though, but I have been grateful and like, just been like very happy that, you know, everything that has happened has happened, you know? Um, but there has been times, you know, it's been a struggle, you know, but even recently, very, very recent, you know, up until this past weekend of, you know, Cascadia. So, um, but it makes me very happy to be realizing this. <laughs> to hear well, somebody say, you know, so thank you for that. No, of course, of course. And like, obviously, like, no amount of like success is like paid fully in gold there's always struggles and that sort of thing you know Mm -hmm. like i think that's just a natural human thing but i mean you've been 
putting in the work, honestly. And, and I kind of want to go through the process of how a lot of these things have happened for you, like over that time span, because, but I want to focus on, on one thing first. And, and you mentioned it there a little bit with Cascadia, obviously, you know, as we're chatting here, we're less than a week removed from that show, which yeah. was, you know, I think important to, to both of us in, in different, in different and similar ways as well. Um, uh, a banger main event with Ashton Starr, um, which I, I don't know if I could really compliment both both of you on on that match more so than I already have, um, but I'm going to try to. <laughs> but you. yeah, of course. But um, I don't know. It it kind of speaks to like going back to that first interview that we did. One thing that we talked about was like your desire to get up to the Pacific Northwest and yeah. work with companies like that like whack yeah. and stuff like that. So what has that process been like for you? Like when did, when did that, when did the opportunity present itself to, to go up to whack uh, initially? And, and how did you, how do you feel like you took hold of that opportunity and turned it into this, like over what, like close to 200 day reign at this point yeah. now with the title? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like it just it initially started right before COVID March literally the day of the lockdown that happened in Los Angeles, March 17th. Um, that was the day, no, 2019. I was supposed to wrestle Jaden first time going out of the state to without a cause, you know, and you know, that same week we get hit with the lockdown. So for that to happen, I was bummed, you know, that was one of my first big bookings, you know, um, it was even a show that was like Dan Housen was the host, you know? So it was a big show to be a part of and to wrestle Jaden. But then lockdown happened, COVID happened, but I got an opportunity in between. There was a window where, you know, Chris Ross, and that was an, to go back a little bit further is I met Chris Ross and Dave Turner, you know, in a show suburban fight here in LA. And once I met them, I things just clicked. I don't know. Like, they just saw something, I guess, in me that, you know, that I've been hoping for someone to see in me, you know, at that time. So I'm glad they did. And since day one, since that day, they, you know, they said that they wanted me to bring me up there. You know, I lost the opportunity once and, you know, they were still always on top of it to bring me up there. So once the opportunity happened, um, a window of like being able to fly out there for just like underground tapings you know just to do something during that time of you know of covid and no fans being able to come to shows um but just to still be a part of whack you know it was cool um during those tapings that's when i won the stallions champion so it just shows you since day one that you know whack had their trust in me and that was something that when i won that title i remember there being no fans there but like literally in the middle of that ring like so emotional um because i didn't have you know up until that time like i moved to california um from the east coast you know and i was three years in northern california just working my ass off and i felt like i wasn't getting any recognition then i moved to la and socal and i'm working it it just started happening and then you know it hits finally i get recognition so it was you know since that day since day one as being stallion's champion I just knew like this was the company that I had to make my home and like put on my back. If they have their trust in me, then, you know, I have to do everything that I can to instill that trust, you know, all the time. No, a hundred percent. And I mean, you know, them 
having you come in and like literally on like your what like third match or so with with whack you you have a title now yeah that, that, yeah. that just doesn't happen that often no. yeah it was like my it was yeah it was weird because it's like you know like i became a champion when there was no fans mm-hmm. so and then you know i there was i wasn't really defending it anywhere i became the champion so when you know july hit i believe it was july of 2020 or 2021 2020 <sighs> these past two years have flown by and they go by so fast everything gets compressed and yeah, expanded it's just, yeah yeah i feel like it was 2020 where or 2021 where me and greg sharp um g sharp that was my first title defense in front of the live crowd you know coming back and that was like a big show you know and that was the one where you know i i had to show them you know the fans like this is who i am i'm your champion you know like i'm your hard your workhorse champion right now and you guys don't even know who i am so i have to show that to you you know and that's what i planned that's what i planned to do did that night and i felt like i accomplished that with g sharp to have an amazing match that we did too um that night and you know i feel like since then it's just been ongoing it's it's interesting to kind of like think about that aspect of like winning a title with no fans around and having no fans and no title defenses really did yeah kind of grow a definition of it for uh-huh. yourself like how did how did you approach that in terms of like how did you want to frame the, this title in yourself as as the initial champion to people once you were able to get in front of an audience um to show them that i work hard you know exactly what that title meant that I was the workforce you know and i truly felt that i felt that over covid i made a big change to myself you know physically and in my character wise and it was a fresh brand new start of everything, you know, and I was working my ass off to have that fresh start to be that new character. And I feel like that's, that's what I wanted to show them. And I feel like I did, you know, I came with a new character who I kind of like was getting to know who I was at that point, but still kind of figuring out. And, you know, it's, they, they loved it, you know. I'm curious to to ask about, like that that further development of the character because yeah. obviously it, it's it still is has evolved a bit from yeah. from the stallions championship win to to what we just saw like this past sunday yeah you know like um like obviously it can be a challenge to kind of re i don't want to say rebrand yourself but like to yeah. kind of like develop Keep... a new understanding of how yes you operate and present in the ring um what do you when did you feel like things were really starting to click for for yourself in terms of like moving away from the the comedy aspect of, of all that Keita Murray and into this just intense like fucking bulldog of a wrestler <laughs> that that Keita is now I feel like um you know as Stallion champion um as much as I was working hard you know I still didn't believe fully believe you know who I was at that point or so I still felt like I was trying to prove myself but I I I remember I know exactly when I hit and it wasn't you know I won I got to wrestle Chris Bay for the main championship you know the main whack championship and become a double champ champion for champion you know and that was okay you know but it was up until I wrestled Ethan HD outside of whack and it was at DOA and I was 
you know, I was defending my stallion championship, you know, as a double champion, you know, that night. And I don't know, something hit me. Like, I just knew who I was. I think it was, I just had done the New Japan, the first one um, against the Bullet Club. And, you know, I was just, I was getting to a point of like confident, you know, and I'm a killer in the jungle, you know, like that's literally like, I'm the top dog, like I'm the lion, you know, and that's when it, it hit me. Like, that's who I knew who I was, even though I lost that match and I lost my championship, you know, like that's when I, I knew what I was doing, you know, that night. And that's when it hit and it clicked. No, that makes a whole lot of sense. I was, I was in the building for that match. And oh, amazing. Yes. Okay. So that like, obviously a DOA, I hardly was a DOA show, but I was yeah. definitely in there for that match. And I, yeah, like I think that was like the first time that I got a chance to see you live. Yeah, okay. and and it I, in the same way that it clicked for you, I think it clicked for me too in a way because like you. you know I I had I, I watched the the stuff that that Whack did without the fans, you know the without a crowd shows that they did on Twitch and you winning that that title and everything like that, but. It's up until like seeing you live and understanding like you know some of the stuff that we had talked about previously about this this want to be taken more seriously by mm-hmm. you and to see how far you you had taken that in that match with Ethan, which honestly also Ethan is a great uh, dance yeah. partner for wanting to show that that level of intensity. Yeah, with absolutely, too. absolutely. Yes. Um, he, sorry, go ahead. No, he, I was just gonna say he's great. You know. Yeah. No, hundred percent. But yeah, like it, I can totally make sense why that match in particular just clicked so well for you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's like it was like right when I walked up the curtain, you know, it just like hit, and then the match was just the match. It was, you know, it was great. It was, it was very to me at that time it was complicated, you know, and that's it was a test, it was a challenge, and that's what I loved about it. And then to go out there being confident about going into a match that was challenging me and to come out at the other end and like, you know, it was received. I feel like it was received well to, you know, the live crowd. And, you know, I did what I had to do. And, you know, the Ethan HD is a new champion. You know, he holds the boat now and it was everything, you know, that could have hoped for. No, I mean, that's, that's all you want really out of yeah. something like that is is to you know feel confident in yourself and to have the crowd responding positively which you know from my vantage point they definitely were yeah especially a new crowd you know that was the yes. thing too like i never yeah that was my debut so coming into doa as like a double champion of another promotion like who the hell is this you know that's why i felt like it was another even though i was where i was it felt like another chance of like proving myself you know and that's what that's why i felt like it clicked because i had a chance to prove myself in front of someone else in front of a new crowd that you know when i already felt established and that just helped me felt feel more established after is that something that that is kind of always present for you whenever going to a new promotion like that? Like, yeah, yeah, always, always like, you know, it it always is, you know, and it doesn't it's not only just for the first show or the second show, you know, it it, it stays there for a little bit, you know, um, for a couple of shows, at least with me, um, even like with the New Japan stuff, like, you know, I've done three with them already and still every time I f- I'm a wreck of nervousness, you know, so. Um, but I feel like now 
even my match, even though when I was going, kind of jumping a little bit, but um, at without a cause, um, have a match against Rocky, you know, Romero. That, like, even though WAC was my home, WAC was, you know, I was a champ, you know, this is, like, going, you know, farther in. I was very nervous, you know, for that match. Um, you know, but things have changed, and this weekend I get another shot at Rocky, you know, this Saturday at Relentless, and I'm very confident, you know, now, especially after this past weekend with the match with Ashton, like, I'm just, I'm not nervous for this match. I'm very confident for this match. No, I mean, it's a known quantity. Like, you, one, you know, you've you've been in the ring with Rocky before, so you kind yes, of, so, you know, yeah. have an expectation there, but also, like, yes, like, having like this these performances and having people that are like creating these spaces that are confident in you as well yeah exactly elevate you like i can i'm sure that that's something that could definitely be empowering for that um maybe if it was i'm sorry go ahead ahead. just going back like maybe if it was another thing was like it's in front of the relentless crowd that Mm. have come to like learn to like you know i love them they love me and it's just a crazy atmosphere there but um it, it, they're always wild, but like, you know, maybe if this match was happening in front of another crowd, you know, I may, I feel like I would be nervous still, even though I was in the ring with Rocky before. And I do feel confident about being in the ring with him, being in a different environment would definitely make me nervous, but going into it, knowing like is the relentless crowd. I'm so confident. It's crazy. <laughs> I do want to talk about the, the new Japan stuff, but let's, you brought up Relentless. I have to ask you about Relentless. This is a company that I have not had the chance to to get up to Spokane and go to a right. show yet. I I want to because every piece of footage that I see come out of those shows just feels like the I don't know if it's because y'all are in a in a brewery um and everything is just <laughs> echoing off of all the walls and everything like that, but it just seems like the most raucous, loud um over the top <laughs> environment that that yeah. you can find on on the west uh, at least in the pacific northwest right now uh, i would say the whole west coast i'm not gonna lie like man <laughs> if i could take that crowd and put them anywhere in the west coast they would definitely be anyone you know like i don't know what it is with them i don't know if it's like the lack of wrestling that you know like or even you said with the brewery like with them being drunk you know or so like having you know being influenced by those things and stuff but but i would even say that because starting from match one to the last match they are always hot they don't die down and that's what makes it you know crazy about them and like it's not as crazy to be there for the first match for the first show ever and just see the growth to now and you know, and every superstar that, you know, WWE or legend or anyone that's come by, you know, they feel that energy. And that's how I know it's organic there. It's not fake because Scotty Tuhati comes there and he is just living in that crowd. You know, he he cuts a 20 minute promo about how much he loves wrestling afterwards because that's the energy they gave him that night. Um, who wasn't Charlie Hoss is another one who felt that energy and just was amazed by it. And they had Samuel Shaw as well too. And, you know, he was one that was just like, wow, this crowd is just crazy, you know? So every time there's, you know, someone that comes from somewhere else that, you know, you believe is established and they feel that crowd is just, 
it's truth to it, to like knowing that this Spokane Relentless crowd is different and special. It's just, it's so interesting to see like these spots where you wouldn't normally think about pro wrestling existing. Yeah. yeah. Like Spokane, like being so close to Idaho, where like I'm sure there's some indies that run in Idaho, but there's nothing there's, big. Yeah. Nothing big, nothing with the kind of like push or, or presence that, that can, that draws like people from outside of the area there. But you have a company like Relentless that pops up in Spokane. And and you kind of alluded to it there. It is. It feels like the people in the area wanted this so bad. Like it felt yeah. like they were starved for it in a way. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And Chase, I'm not gonna call. You know, I'll call him by his name. Like Chase, you know, being the promoter and Jake, you know, they've definitely took something that you know I feel like they just started with, and it just keeps growing. You know, and it's just crazy. Yeah, and like I just yeah, like you said, like Spokane needed something, wanted something, and you know I feel like Chase capitalized on that. He knew that, and it's good. And I I'm glad he's doing it. You know, it's great that he's doing it for them. No, because you should see these kids, man. <laughs> oh my god, these it's like the kids, the, the adults that just are so into it. There's a family that I love, and they just they get me even more pumped up when I'm in the ring. You know, like they're just so pumped up and it's just it's so crazy. And of course, like they're in Relentless, you are the the current, the first Relentless champion as well. Um, yeah. Like it just feels like you're it, one. It just feels like you're ruling the state of Washington in a way. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to do a little bit more. Hopefully <laughs> I would love to get into some of those other promotions, but uh, I'll I have some ideas. You know, I do have some plans and you know hopefully they're not too soon but i'd love to be more in the washington promotions i'll mm, say that i hear you i hear you <laughs> um what like being being the relentless champion do you approach that because of the differences between like without a cause and and relentless just to compare have two companies to compare to because of like the differences in terms of like um mindset and presentation and crowds and that sort of thing like how do you approach being the relentless champion versus like being the without a cause champion in a way like is there just like a different purpose that that's there for you or a different motivation that's actually a really good damn question brian (laughs) (laughs) um but like you know it's times where i i feel like i i never thought about that before and i feel like something's been telling me lately to start because I feel like I'm at two different points, you know, with the titles and each promotion. And like you said, with the crowd reactions, they're both different. Like, you know, and when I would do Relentless on a Saturday night and then drive from Spokane over to Everett, you know, the next day and do Without a Cause on Sunday, you know, I wasn't the champion at Relentless yet when that was going on. But, you know, I those matches, I would have to, kind of put myself in a different mindset when I would go from relentless to whack because it's you go from a big rowdy crowd and relentless to a more smaller like uh damn I just had the intimate crowd um at without a cause you know and you can't really do this it's different that the same the same things don't work you know or they they might but they might not and depending on 
the without a cause on you know crowd on Sunday or so like sometimes they they I don't know if they're just a little tired or if they just want to come and watch the you know good wrestling and not really like you know like want to like be a part of the show but just watch it um is different you know sometimes but either way I just try to put on like a really good match you know something creative that that those fans are going to enjoy and that's something different from for from the night you know it's something that's going to be different from what you see throughout the rest of the show no and and honestly that's a really good approach to have especially whenever you do have the the variety of of presentations that are on especially when looking at without a cause like the variety of presentations that are on without a cause yeah um even like at doa as well you know like they've really getting really good about diversifying the different styles and, and and match uh, types and, and different things there. Um, and in the same way that we kind of spoke about Spokane, like being starved a bit for pro wrestling and responding with relentless popping up. This is where I, I do want to get back to Cascadia a little bit because, okay. you know, um, I think one of the main reasons why um, that show happened um, with, you know, myself and and Max and Millhouse kind of coming together to 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 produce it was because of I mean one LGBTQ pro wrestling obviously has flourished you've been on big gay brunches you understand like the yeah. popularity that that it has definitely garnered in the, in the past couple of years um but we hadn't really seen anything like that in the Pacific Northwest um, and because of that, also, there were a number of LGBTQ pro wrestling fans who well, wanted yeah. something like that. And obviously, from from the crowd that that we had on Sunday, like they responded, they they yeah. wanted this. And, you know, the the little bit of interaction that we had, it seemed like it was something that you were excited for, too. Talk to me yeah. about like the mindset going into Cascadia for you, and and like what were you feeling? What were you thinking, like heading into that event, and and what it all entailed? Um, so for me, it was it's been a while since I was at Without a Cause, you know. So I felt like there was a long hiatus since I was there, you know. And to me, I felt like you know a little bit like the championship, like their champion I do I don't want to be that champion where I'm gone you know for a while and I miss shows this and third you know so it was big to just come back and show them who the hell I am you know and prove myself against a person I've wanted to wrestle for a long time Ashton you know and I'm glad Ashton was the person I was able to like you know get in the ring with and and you know you have to like Ashton has always been who he is you know just with different changes since, you know, I've met him. We've met back in like 2016, you know, in New York at another Pride show at a matter of Pride, you know, one of like the original ones, you know, in New York. And it's just been, we never got to wrestle. So going into Cascadia, having that as a first time match, having that as like a championship match at that, you know, for my championship where I have something to prove. It was just, it was crazy. And to have, all these people and another thing is like I you know I'm bisexual so I'm part of the community and to have this company you know have a black bisexual person 
or black or Puerto, I'm black and Puerto Rican mixed, like person of color, you know, who's bisexual as their champion and a focal point of the show for a long time. You know, it's like this, they didn't, you know, you guys didn't have to do this pride show to show that you guys are part of the community, you know, because look, just look at the card, look at all the cards. You could see that the diversity, like you said, throughout all of them, but this show was just a coming together, you know, of everything and everyone on the show. I just felt like I, it was all the wrestlers on the card. It was just people I've shared locker rooms before with, and it was just all love, you know, and happiness that locker room felt a lot different than it has been, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You're not wrong. Like, I, obviously, I haven't been in a lot of locker rooms, <laughs> but uh, I, I can safely say that, like, I that that experience, I feel like, is is what I would hope every experience is like. Obviously. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And it was nice to have, like, you know, some of them, like a good amount of them, who were just at the other big gay, uh, big gay brunch, you know, and to come and be in the same locker room again and for the same purpose, you know, but just in a different area was cool too. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, um, obviously I, I want to get into a little bit of this backstory with you and Ashton, because like whenever, whenever we were, whenever the match was, was made, like, um, I did not realize that there was this, this whole thing dating back to 2016 with you two where like y'all had always wanted to, to wrestle one another but the, the opportunity just hadn't come. So, like, take me back. You meet you meet Ashton in 26, 2016 at, at a matter of pride. And, like, obviously, you hit it off. Like, there's a, 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 a you want an opportunity to work there, but it just never happens. Like, what kind of, what kind of led to that match never happening? And just, like, how bad did y'all really want that, <laughs> that match with one another? I feel like, uh, feel like we're just both people of like purposes or like faith you know and just waiting for things to happen um I feel like through our careers our trajectory have both been we've both wrestled you know impressive people big people but I feel like the recognition that we both you know I feel like on two different coasts that's another thing is he's you know southeast um coast and I'm over here on the west coast and that was the thing that happened too I feel like I feel like if I would have stayed on the east coast we would have definitely crossed paths, you know, a long time ago. But I feel like being on two separate coasts and just, you know, being the mainstays of our coast too, that's why it never happened. Um, but I know the Pacific Northwest, he's been out to before. He's coming out to it. And, you know, that's my home now. So it was bound to happen. So I'm glad it did. But I feel like in our own right, we we have like shown and proved ourselves in our spots you know, and show why we are. And we've gone with matches with some really good people, some good talent, you know, and we've proven ourselves. And I just feel like, you know, we, that's, we're at the same level and our, like, in two different coasts, our careers go the same way, if that's in any way. Oh, no, I mean, it makes sense. Like, you're you're completely correct. Like, both of y'all's stars have been on the rise over the past couple of years as well you know and you know outside of just the pride shows obviously yeah and you know but at the same time like it felt like there were times where the paths crossed at like a big gay brunch or something where it might have happened but obviously and and we'll talk about 
one of the one of those big game brunch matches because I felt called out. but but uh sorry about that oh no you're totally no i got a kick out of it honestly (laughs) (laughs) um but i don't know it's just interesting that like there were opportunities for that to happen but it just didn't didn't click i'm glad we were able to make that yeah there how do you feel about your number 20 beating your number one yo (laughs) you know what the whole purpose of having a list (laughs) <laughs> is to go for the crown, right? Yeah, yeah. And you made fucking sure of that. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> I cannot tell you like how like as soon as it came out of your mouth, like talking about the QWI and about the rankings and stuff, and I was just like, oh shit, okay. This yeah. <laughs> that's where the format was laid for that match. You knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was happening, and it, there was gonna. There's some backstory to it, but I don't know if I could really say without Billy's approval. But there is gonna be, you know, more into that promo that was said, but we had to cut it out. Um, basically, you know, him if he's number one, you know, he's a black John Cena, you know. Basically, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm positive Billy will love that comparison. Yeah, and oh, he did, and. It was supposed to be great, um, but there's just stuff that happened before the match that was very similar to our match <laughs> that had to uh, make us be really good improvisers and change things a lot. Um, but no, it, and I'm glad it happened. It was still good. No, it, it it was, and and beyond any of like the QWI stuff in the match, like I felt like that match with you and Billy was was. A, told a, a great story i mean billy is just such a great you know character he's a good a great, character. he's a good character he's he's a great seller mm-hmm. you know like all this other stuff and and you know you just that tenacity just came through again and yeah it's just it just oozes it's out of easy you. when you have someone you know think it's easy when you have someone who's just like there to play with it you know who wants to accept it and you know and they do so like just like with Ashton they feel that and they receive it well to it you know and they give that intensity back that's what I want you know it's like when I'm in there I don't want you questioning why why is this guy so mad why is he so intense no I'm gonna kill you like you know <laughs> match that intensity with me you know yeah has that been like a, a big part of the process of like finding the character for you in this in this yeah. like two-year process um yeah the intensity has been like just honestly it's coming from the gym i would say like or even from my you know my life like my living life you know real life like there's just been a lot that i feel like i've been fighting against and you know, there's things that I feel like in the past that I didn't fight for. So then, you know, they just passed me by. So it's like it's a fight now or never type of mindset, you know, I've had. And I push myself every day in the gym. And it's like when I'm in the gym, I give that same intensity that when I'm going to be in the ring. So when I'm out in the ring, I remember who who is that guy who's lifting those weights, pushing himself every day for this moment, you know, that's about to be out there, you know. So like that intensity, I, I hold on to and I cling to. No, it's, it's an, it's obviously it's definitely something, like you said, it's applicable outside of pro wrestling yeah. in, in a way like that. But it's just interesting that like you, 
you embody this so much that you it's almost like sometimes if you're in the ring with someone who can't match it they have to you're you're asking them to match it you're like forcing them to match it in a way yeah 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 and it's yeah it's it's crazy to do that but that's what i want you know this is pro wrestling like that's what it all should be we're fighting for a reason you know like to win and if you're just in there nonchalant chill like what's the point you know and it's like i know i'm not the biggest guy i'm not the most flashiest guy i'm not the most like high i don't do high flying crazy things or every once in a while you know when it's needed but i was about uh, to say like you say that as <laughs> you're talking about not getting a blockbuster into a bunch of chairs this past weekend and that was needed you know but um, but i'm <laughs> adaptable i like to be adaptable you know and like yeah yeah all right, Jens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service Uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. No, it, it's, a good, it's, it's a good quality to have because I feel like it has... Not only does it like make the match better, but it helps elevate the person yeah. they're in the wing ring with as well. Like one one of like the the big like stories I'd say over like the last year or so that I've really enjoyed that you've been involved with is like your trips to Pride Style and this like issue with you and Shade over the yeah. Prince X of Pride title that really developed there and it's got moved all over different places, ultimately culminating in you winning it in that cage match with uh, Shade and, and Jay Vidal yeah, yeah. at the last full queer show. Um, like it just felt like Shade, very talented and yeah. deserving of winning that 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 title and being the first person to hold it and holding it for almost a year. It just felt like it felt like it was something different whenever the two of you were in the ring together with Shade. Like it just I don't know. I don't know exactly how to like describe it. It just felt like you could you could 
feel like the story of the contempt in a way of just like, no, that belt should be mine. Yeah. Shade just like holding onto it, like, nah, like yeah. this is it just it, it elevated both of y'all in, in a way yeah. that just made this whole story that it was drawn out over the year that it was mm-hmm. um just continue to brim with, with the love- intensity of it. No, I love that. And it did, you know, like, and that was the goal too, is like, you know, always like that championship was going to be mine. You know, it should have been mine day one, but you know, I'm glad he won it. And that was more, you know, to give a chip on the shoulder, work harder, you know, and that's every time we went out there and had a match, it was like, he always slipped away a little bit, you know, but I was always right there. And, uh, but until that cage match, you know, it's like, it proved a lot. Um, that was my first ever cage match, which was really mm. cool. Actually, no, I'm, I forget, no, a very long time ago, I was involved in a war games match, but I got concussed in that match and knocked out very early. So, mm. uh, yeah, it, <laughs> can't really say that was my first one because I don't really remember much of it. But yeah, <laughs> but with Shade, it was just you know, um, every time he's another person who was just like wanting to do whatever you know and work or uh, i wouldn't say that because his personality is very laid back and when you come up with him to him with these things and stuff he's very like i'm not doing that but he's gonna do it <laughs> but he's gonna do it though like that's the thing with him he's gonna do it but he's gonna give you sass and that's his, in his matches that's what it is it's just he's just that sassy guy you know who's just like you're like damn like he always gets one over on you. When you think you have a good joke, he's just going to say something very more slick. And in the matches, he does the same thing. When you think you're going to have a move on him, just does something else. And he does moves that you don't think he's going to do too. Like his whole ass finisher where he like, I don't know. I don't know. Every time I, uh, I'm in the move, I'm like here over his shoulder, but then I land over on this shoulder and then I'm face forward in the mat. And I'm like, it, it's a fun ride, but... <laughs> <laughs> does it end well <laughs> no like shade it's deceptively strong i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely no. <laughs> <laughs> no. but uh that i just i don't know like the two the two of you like work really well together and you know it's i think like that first draw that y'all had in pride style was yeah. like the moment where it was like okay this is this is definitely where like the program this is where this is going yeah. in a way it just it's just, it left you wanting more obviously yeah and i'm hoping so. to bring back some more so mm-hmm. hopefully we get another round two at a singles match hey i'll, I'll be looking forward to that for sure <laughs> same no rem- oh so go ahead oh no um i just i was gonna say i remember him bleeding early on in that match too so Mm-hmm. <laughs> unfinished business yes uh, what's it been like for you to like work some of these full queer shows like obviously like you spent some time in in norcal you know and in, in in around the bay you know you've worked for companies in in the bay previously but um i don't know like it seems like with full queer specifically like there's just like a different level of of footing in a way and plus it, with it being so engrossed in the community i mean they have their Folsom street fair yeah. show coming up but like coming up. yeah like i don't know like is how does that differ from other pro wrestling environments that that you uh step into it's crazy because it doesn't feel like 
it's special in its way, you know, and it's always special for me because I'm going back home, I feel like, in a way, or somewhere where, you know, who saw a side of me, you know, growing and training. And now they see a different side of me when I come back. And it's always, like, welcoming, you know, and I just see these, everyone that, like, I've kind of, you know, gone up with and I left. And when I come back, there was opening with open arms. And I feel like I'm that guy now who's trying to tell people, push them to get out of that area, you know, or do something more. And because that's the thing, a lot of times in that area, you could get stuck. And that's how I felt, you know, and that's why I got out after three years. And it was nice to go there, learn, be there and get to know the people. And they do treat you like family once you're in there, you're in, you know, and that's what makes it hard to get out, I feel like. So I like to be that nice reminder of you could get out. Same from the East Coast as well, too. Like, that was another thing, too. I was out there for two and a half years, three years. And I, not that I felt stuck, but I kind of did in a way, you know. Um, I wanted to do more. And I just, it's always like, it's nice to go back to somewhere where you were and see how they accept you. And at the full career shows, it's just, it's nice because it's nice that I'm happy it's going to be at the Folsom this uh, this show um past couple of shows has been at you know in a small school building and i feel like they could get a bigger crowd you know yeah definitely um so i i love it i do love it there the belt is amazing <laughs> um, as you can see. um yes i do love it it's nice to always go back you know and just see i consider a family you know no, a hundred percent. It is a very pretty belt. Also, I told I told Shade <laughs> the same thing with the first incarnation. That that second belt is is just they, as pretty. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's interesting to kind of hear about like this mindset of like not wanting to kind of get stuck and want to be recognizing that you moving to different areas. Like obviously, you're not just wrestling on the West Coast right now, but that also kind of presents itself in like opportunities in different spots you know like going to chicago for the big gay brunch last yeah. year in the, in the scramble there going to dallas for that match with billy mm-hmm. or even like the no piece stuff that, yeah, you, that you were doing Florida. down there too because i that match with you and yoya and anthony henry like i could have sworn all three of y'all got concussed at some point <laughs> in that thing <laughs> oh boy sure did. that was yeah that was a rough one that was a really rough one um yeah that one that i think specifically that whole weekend lasted a couple of months but <laughs> i think that one match lasted at least a few weeks <laughs> how how have you like felt about dabbling in the no ring deathmatch world um i i like it you know um i've done i've done a couple so far um i'll say one two three four maybe and five and i like them they're different you know but then like always i try to give something different in their world you know like you know so when i'm there i like to wrestle in my gear i don't like to wrestle i don't like to wear my street clothes like i'm a wrestler you know i'm not a deathmatch wrestler i'm not a fighter i'm a professional wrestler coming into your world so but i could adapt to your world and you know i could get crazy with you i could take the chair shots i could give you the chair shots as hard as you give me you know um one show I went through a door full of light tubes, you know, I could do that. It hurt like a bitch. Would I do it again? Probably not, but I could, I will do it. You know, I, I like to show that I am a little crazy cause I am, you know, I'm psychotic. I could, 
be a part of that world, but make it seem like, you know, I want whoever's there as a deathmatch fan and not a professional wrestler. I want them to seek me out as a professional wrestler afterwards, you know, and know who I am as a professional wrestler and not as just this guy coming into their world and trying to like mold into what they know, you know, no, I'm going to give you different. Mm. And in that same fashion, like jump to like the stuff that you were doing with LA fights for, for a little while as well. Like that felt like almost like a different style of proving ground in a way with like GCW trying to jump up this, this West coast brand and you and Jay Vidal, I think, I think you Jay, Sandra and Dark Sheik were like the four that immediately jumped out to people from like the, yeah. the first couple of shows out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What was that? What was that like a similar approach of like seeing this as like as a new place to like try and and prove yourself to the people that were watching, absolutely. even though it's already in the area that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Because with that, I felt like you know there was the LA fights and there was the GCW, so it's like. If you're in LA Fits, you're definitely trying to make it to the GCW show, you know, just like NXT and Raw and things like that. I feel like it's the same way. So definitely felt like it was something to prove where I could hang with y'all. You know, I could do the crazy weapons things as, you know, I don't know if it's like I'm, you know, SGC is my boys. You know, I, that's who I hang with when I'm with them, you know, and I want to show like I could do this sgc style or gcw style you know whatever you want to call it of going through tables chairs and things like that um getting into second gear you know but also showing that caressal and you know i could go in the ring with tony depp and that's someone who i number one on my list now to be in the ring with and to go with you know and to show that i could be a pure professional wrestler and wrestle and do spots for spots hold for hold you know or go out there and cause chaos you know and take some hits and i could you know and i could give them i could give them back and give hits back for you specifically what is it about tony deppin that kind of makes him the person that that you singled out there as someone that you want to step in the ring to, to kind of prove yourself against um we're from the same area at, um you know northeast pennsylvania the 570 so i he was when i started i think he had taken a break he was in it for a couple of years, but he was starting to take a break. And then once he came back, he just popped off, you know, and his style is different. You know, there's, it's, it's a form that I want to learn. You know, I sat down and listened to him, you know, go over one of his matches and he has a different mindset to wrestling. And that's something I want to pick from and learn from, you know, I want to learn like what's his thinking towards wrestling matches and psychology um so i could learn from that and i could grab that you know that's one of my like traits i feel like of professional wrestling is wrestling different people and just grabbing things that i learned from them and making it my own and uh that's why i want to wrestle him he's just i i feel like he doesn't have a bad match if that's hard to say you know every time i i he's on a card you know you do hear of his name you know he does something to make you like notice him and that's something that I I want to learn from as well too, and experience uh, in the ring. Mm. And honestly, like that kind of gives a good lead in to talk about New Japan a little bit because Tony's been on some of those shows as well. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you've been on 
three New Japan Pro Wrestling strong shows to date so far. Um, obviously, New Japan, a humongous influential name in yes. the grand world of pro wrestling. Um, wh- what is your like first thought when you get that phone call? Um, you for real? Like, just for real? <laughs> you know, like, like, me? Like, for real? Like, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, I that there's others who deserve to be on there before me or but I see a lot of people who would fit their style I would say you know who are in this area and not saying like I never thought I wouldn't fit that style but you know uh but it wasn't you know though a little lone fact is like during COVID you know I was helping them with the ring crew so it Mm. just you know it wasn't like I just got the call because I'm keto you know, and I'm out here doing stuff in the Indies. Like, no, I was being a little bitch boy, you know, not not in a bad way, but like I was being the ring boy. I was there to set up during COVID when they were having the strong tapings with no crowd and the where Championship from Hollywood was taping at before, you know, in Port Humane. Like, there was no, I was there. I was building the ring for them. I was doing the go this way into the ring taking apart the stairs during the entrances you know getting t-shirts thrown into my face by the wrestlers running out you know um so i did that for a few shows with them you know like being there all day you know and but and this is at the same time i'm without i'm with without a cause you know being a champion there and like it's just learning to humble yourself and i think they saw that as far as you know like what I was doing in the independence and to then humble myself and be a part of the ring crew, you know, and see all these people that I, I might've wrestled last week, like, you know, the week before the weekend before, and they're on the new Japan show and I'm over here doing ring crew, you know? So I feel like that's what came with a lot of it. And um, there's a lot of people I see now though, who are doing ring crew who I'm so happy to see doing ring crew because I'm like, good, you know, like these are people who you are hearing about in the Southern California area, you know, wrestling and they're doing ring crew. So I'm just like, good, you know, good. No, and and especially with like a company like New Japan, where you do have this like regimented hierarchy or like they're they're much more structured in how they like bring in people to train and build yes. them, you know, that sort of thing that I, I can definitely see how that level of like of humility and understanding that like, yes, you know, you're talented obviously by what you do out on the independence, but you also understand that like, you know, it's, it's about showing that you're not, you don't feel like you are above certain things exactly, and having that rewarded down the line. Like that fits. I mean, that I feel like that fits really well with like that New Japan structuring or yeah, process or yeah, and that's why I'm happy that it happened that way, and I'm happy I was able to come in as myself. You know, I I'm able to come in as Kita, as my established ruler of realms character, and I'm not saying like you know, but the dojo like not having to go through the dojo process, even though I feel like they do get a way not a way better opportunity, but they get some really good, like, you know, cause they go through their program, you know, they're one of them. And as being an outsider and I'm lucky to have my, to come in with my own stuff, you know, and not have to go back and just wear some plain tights and, 
you know, basic things, you know? Yeah. During your like time there during like the tapings or, you know, working some of the events, like have you had a chance to really spend some time around the LA dojo at all and kind of get an idea of like what those kind of like training sessions are like? Um, No, I, so I never got to be a part or see the trainings. I've seen Clark work out once while doing ring crew, you know, but Kevin, uh, Kevin Knight, Jet, Jet Knight, uh, and me and him have kicked it off. You know, before then, we didn't really know each other at all, just heard of each other. And, you know, he saw me doing ring crew, but, you know, he was one of the guys and he's always the guy to remind me, you know, like you're doing what you're doing out there, you know, and it's going to pay off in here, you know just keep on working your way you know and he's another guy who you know he's a dope who's he's a guy who was establishing himself in the pacific northwest and you know he took a step back and became like you know just no gimmick a dojo boy you know and i'm you know me and him his connection i love seeing him you know and him knowing like how hard it is to be in the pacific northwest as well too and see how successful i am you know it's nice to see someone who could relate you know yeah, I mean that is one thing. Also, like you know, I've I've had a couple of of people from the Pacific Northwest on the show, and every time that that we talk about like this, what we're seeing now in that area in terms of pro wrestling, and relating it back to like five years ago, I think I had Dave on the show and uh, a little while back, and and he just talked about how like Davey Richards would describe the Pacific Northwest as just a black hole yeah. of pro wrestling, yeah. and to see like what companies like without a cause, like relentless, you know, like DOA and, and like defy and prestige as well. You know, what, what all of these companies have really done to elevate the area in a way alongside like wrestlers like yourself and like Dave and Chris and, and and like Jaden and Max Burnside and, you know, Abigail Warren and um, so many others. People like, I would say like Titus, you know, and Nick. Titus, yes. Yeah, Titus is someone who comes from the California area who like, I feel like, you know, they, it was about nothing here. You know, it was just like, he was a kid. He was a young kid. But it's like, once he started getting up there to the Pacific Northwest and they recognized his talent, started putting him in there with some big names. That's when the California, his own home people are like, you know, like, wow, you know, this guy could go. It's like, no. Yes, he could go. You guys all knew he could go. You've seen him going. But it's just until he got into another crowd, you know, into another area, that's when you guys are, like, you know, confirming that, you know, they basically could put your trust in you. And, you know, and I'm happy that the Pacific Northwest people are so warming to be like, we want to, we see your hard work, we see your potential, you know. And it's either sink or swim, you know. They'll put you out there and hope that, you know, you do well. And if you do well, then the world is yours you know what i mean um but if you sink then hey you sink exactly exactly and and two other names i would definitely throw in there are nick wayne and daniel uh, makabe yeah. um that have yeah. really helped build that that area there as well um but no you're right like it, it that this area has has a way of like welcoming people in and just saying like show us what you got i mean yeah you're no, evidence yeah, of it <laughs> as well uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh, you're exactly. so. I don't know. Like, it's just, it is definitely like a proving ground sort of area, but at the same time, it's not like, um, it's not like a place that will do it from a dismissive 
place. Yes. You know, exactly. like I think it's people that want to see pro wrestling and pro wrestlers succeed um, and give them a platform to, to do that. So, no. So you are at the strong tapings. You're, you're setting up the ring. You're taking t-shirts. At what point do you get the call to be like, okay, we want Kita in the ring. We want uh, Kita on this show. I believe it was because Clark Clark Connors actually got COVID. It was a lucky opportunity. He got COVID and I got the call, I think the week prior or so. And, you know, I was looking, it was kind of a bummer because I was supposed to be on, I believe I was originally supposed or like, you know, been told like, okay, like this next show, you know, you may be on it, you know, and then I was told I wasn't. And then I got, you know, it was very up and down. Then I got the call when Clark got COVID and they were like, okay, like, you know, it was nice to be on the mine, you know, and just being back in the mine. It was just a lucky opportunity. And then, you know, he got COVID and, you know, he actually reached out to me too, Clark, and was like, you know, this is an opportunity, you know, like he wasn't salty about it. And that was something that made me so happy too, you know, like to have a guy and another Pacific Northwest guy, you know, to be like, you know, like warm you know not salty about it or not like how i feel like other wrestlers would have been like oh this guy is taking my spot you know like no he was very like you know ha- like happy and encouraging towards me about it and that's what helped too and for it to be uh the first show you know to get that call and then to see the poster or to see that it's going to be up against the bullet club you know that was crazy um and to see that it was against chris you know they who is my homie you know for a long time and but the first time getting to work them, you know, at WAC for the championship, you know, and I was having a really good match. I felt really comfortable to be in the ring with him, like in that match, too. Mm. What was it like trying to tailor your mind to like being in that New Japan environment in the ring as well? Like, you know, we talked about like the the approach to like relentless, maybe a little yeah. bit different to the approach to without a cause, like. How how were you feeling about like showcasing yourself within um, like what New Japan crowds might be expecting? I wanted them to show that I could do different things, you know, like and that was be a have that strong style approach, you know, but show I honestly give them my best moves, you know, and show them like what I'm about and what this craftiness and in that match I did some a few things I never did before too, you know, and that's that's just part of me too, is like I don't really think of things sometimes until that day, you know, or, or how is this match going to go until, you know, a couple of hours beforehand is sometimes it depends on my mood, you know, or so that day. And it's hard, but to, I was very nervous, you know, to be in front of that crowd, but I feel like it being in LA helped, you know, being in the home, my home now present home, you know, a few blocks away from my house wasn't a bad, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, and just like and then knowing Chris as well too um and then the being in the backstage you know that whole day too wasn't as bad either there was a few guys you know who I was on shows with back in the you know a couple of years ago and they were happy to see me there you know so it was nice um and it was just it was it was nice to not have I didn't feel too much stress I was nervous but not too much stress and it didn't show I feel like that day it's like ah, oh, it's just because it's, it's just like a kind of a bewildering thing to see like whenever like i know personally for me whenever i saw you popping up on on 
the those new japan shows it's just like yes finally like the like obviously like I've, I've seen your work and you know know what you're capable of there's just like this sense of like happiness from me and i think a lot of other people too who have watched you grow over the past couple of years to see you get those opportunities and and be elevated to put to be put on a a new japan card in in that way because like it really shows just how far you have come honestly yeah yeah thank you yeah, and that's and I would say with the intensity, you know, that definitely helped, you know. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, especially because like another thing too, you know, we don't really see a lot of LGBTQ representation on New Japan presentations. I mean, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's basically just you and Fred Rosser at this point, and and. Yeah. I'm sure there might have been someone else here or there. I'm just my brain is just not running through all of the names that have been on those strong cards. But you and Fred um, have really been the the two that are have had the most presence. I feel like in terms of representing our community on on a New Japan show. Um, is there any kind of like does that does that factor into that for you as well? Whenever you're like getting these larger opportunities. Yeah, um, at times, you know, like, it does it, you know, I'm not gonna say I never thought about it, you know, but like, it, but at the same time, I try not to let it, you know, I'm just like, okay, I am who I am, you know, and that's how I've always looked at it, you know, and these people are gonna like me whether I am who I am or not. Um, And that's why I try not to make as, as proud as I am who I am, you know, I don't feel like I have to necessarily shout it or out it, you know, and say it and say this is who I am you know every chance I get because you guys should already know that if you know who I am you should already know that I am that but I'm more than that you know I am Kita the you know the ruler of realms I'm not the bisexual wrestler Kita you know so and I'm glad for promotions to see past that you know and you know not have that bother them uh, to book me and not have that as an issue when thinking to when to book me you know yeah, 100%. I mean, like one of the really great things about the evolution of this space and and how, you know, LGBTQ people exist within it is that, you know, for the longest time, even if it's just just a short time span, a lot of it was about, you know, showcasing identities and and, yeah. and like making things feel more queer. And obviously there are more there are shows that still do that and are outstanding, you know, and and obviously those those spaces are needed but yes. you also have to have this evolution of where like you're not solely defined by that aspect of yourself yes. and i feel like so like more and more wrestlers within this space are um putting that forward or having that realization about like you know you can still represent queerness while also like representing all facets of yourself and not being boiled down to that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yes. Like another one, a good friend of mine from back in the days, Killian McMurphy, you know, Mm -hmm. he's someone who just, he's a ass kicker. You know, he goes out there and he's a heel. He's a villain, you know, like when you, when you say his name, you don't think of like, Oh, he's a gay white guy. No, like he's a asshole, you know, he's a villain, you know, like, (laughs) 
you know like so that's what I'm saying like people like that and like you and I'm happy that we have more people like that you know it's not like you're not just saying like damn that guy's just like a gay asshole you know like it's just like no that guy is just a fucking asshole he's just a dick yeah (laughs) you know exactly so it's nice to have that you know yeah, no, hundred percent. And also, Killian, we love you here. Don't worry. Um, yeah, we do. <laughs> you're our asshole. Actually, no, because he's been beefing with my old tag team partner, Kit Raff. So actually, no. Oh, okay. Killian, no. <laughs> <laughs> with much love. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Kita, you know, I've I've said it multiple times throughout this conversation but i'm just i'm so happy to see that like so much about we what we talked about two years ago here on this show has come to fruition for you and you seem like you just seem to be in such a better place than 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 the last time that we spoke for the show and i just i'm i can't stay how much how happy i am for you Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm happy to be talking to you and like have this experience and kind of realizing, you know, what's going on. <laughs> Thank you for that. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you as much as we said with mental health, you know, you could be in your head a lot and, you know, certain things don't seem like certain things to you that other people see. So thank you. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Like I, <laughs> I am terrible at like people telling me all these positive things about me, but like not being able to tell myself yeah. those things exactly yeah yeah no i totally understand that but you know there are plenty of people out here that will sing your praises i'm one of them 100 <laughs> percent. yes no um but yeah i i don't know like it's just been great to sit down and get the chance to catch up with you cascadia was such a was amazing experience and i was glad yeah, to too. finally meet you in person there hey me too thank you i was i was happy for that too yeah it was a pleasure no, oh, of course, of course. Well, um, as we wind down, I, I got one more question for you here. And, and um, if there was one thing that you had hoped I'd ask you about, well, um, and didn't, what would what would it have been? Um, I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's just like I don't know. It's it's a it's a. I like that. Yeah, it's an interesting one I've been trying to add into the repertoire. Um, my social medias. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. Well, you know we're gonna get to that. I know that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm all. I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries. That, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's like if there's not an answer, there's not an answer. It's no big if, deal. And if there will be, I'll let you know. <laughs> exactly. It'll hit you like. 15 minutes after we wrap up here and then they'll just dm me and then we'll just do it it'll be fine for real (laughs) (laughs) well kita this has been a blast thank you so much for coming back on the show um let everybody know where they can find you online and uh, what you have coming up yes sir um this weekend will be relentless wrestling saturday in spokane rest washington and sunday in los angeles for circle six um big one-on-one match against jake christ so uh chris chris yeah so um you can find me on twitter and on instagram at kita your heart k-e-i-t-a-y-o-u-r-h-e-a-r-t awesome thank you so much kita thank you brian thank you my thanks once again to kita for taking the time to come on the show and you know kind of 
walk through these last two years of, of his life and his pro wrestling career and just to kind of, I don't know, have his own realization about how far he's come or even just to, just to talk about it. You know, I think sometimes you just need to have that reflective moment in a way. Uh, and with Kida specifically, like, it's night and day from where he was the last time we talked to him, and it's just amazing to see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I don't know, it's dope. If you're in Spokane, go go see the show on Saturday, Sunday. If you're in L.A., Circle 6, Keto will be there as well. Um, and yeah, keep your eye out for, for where he's going to pop up and where, for, where all of our uh, amazingly uh, talented people from Cascadia are going to be popping up because they're all over the place. They're not just in the West Coast, but um, yeah, they're they're all over. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is really cool. So, but that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, come back next week. We're gonna have another amazing guest, another uh, amazing interview, as we tend to do. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, we'll leave it there for today. Um, but uh, until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And that goes for monkeypox as well. And, um, we did the damn thing.